not like, well, I'm going to show up 100% on Sunday morning and 50% on Sunday night and 25% on Wednesdays if he decides to show up. No, uh, he's here with us tonight. I'm looking forward to what God wants to do in the service. Let's take our Bibles tonight. Uh, turn to the book of Jeremiah, if you don't mind, chapter 17. Uh, as you're turning there, I want to welcome Brother Houston. It's good to have you with us again tonight. Always enjoy when you stop in and get to visit. Uh, one of our missionaries, thankful for him and uh, his faithfulness and serving. And uh, like I mentioned this morning, thankful to have several folks uh, that were visiting in our service from out of state. It's a blessing to see people stop in, you know. Uh, sometimes we're on vacation, we don't think about uh, going to church. And folks were out of town, it's a blessing to see folks that make that a priority. I forget what service it was. Was it Wednesday night? I look up, there's an 18-wheeler uh, out there in front of our church. And some folks were passing through and wanted to go to church. So they just pulled the 18-wheeler right there uh, in our parking lot. And I'm thankful for that, folks coming to church. Give you a few announcements right quick I want you to be mindful of, of the upcoming week. Uh, young people, this Wednesday night is going to be Teen Refresh. Excited about that. Uh, be passing out the calendars for the next few months so you and your mom and dad uh, folks will know what's going on. So don't forget about that on Wednesday night. And then we'll tell our entire church uh, next Sunday morning we're going to have a very special guest with us, a missionary I've been looking forward to for months that's going to be here, uh, Brother Occam. He's coming from Zambia. And uh, I'm especially excited for our young people to hear him and his testimony, an amazing testimony of how God uh, saved his soul in the bush of Zambia uh, and how God turned his life around on his way to become a professional athlete playing soccer. Uh, and then the Lord uh, saved his soul and called him to preach. And he's going to be preaching for us in, on, in the services on Sunday. I want to encourage you to be here for that and hear his testimony. Uh, it'll be one I promise you, you won't forget. Uh, when I was uh, listening to him preach and getting him lined up to come over here, uh, one of the things that one of the other preachers told me was he has a voice like Mufasa. Uh, so our kids will understand that one. Uh, you'll enjoy that when he comes. But his testimony is powerful, how God has used him. He, uh, he learned to study the Bible and got his Bible degree uh, with a, a, a laptop that's being charged by a solar-powered panel in a hut. I mean, uh, God has really used this young man to plant churches. I'm excited about having him here uh, this upcoming Sunday, so be here for that. And uh, let's go ahead and read, if we could, Jeremiah chapter 17. If you're there, let's stand together. We're going to read two verses. Uh, look down to verse number 5. And we're going to read verse 5 and verse 6. And uh, bring an interesting message that uh, the Lord actually used our weather uh, to lay on our heart. The Lord can use a lot of things. And he used the weather to lay this one on our heart. Jeremiah 17. And I want you to look down to verse, uh, look down to verse number 5. Uh, the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh the flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Now look down to verse number 7. You're going to see a contrast here. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when, watch this, heat cometh. But her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the, year, in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Uh, we're going to stop there and pray. As we pray tonight, would you remember a good friend of mine, Miss Carolyn Townsend, Brother James, is over here tonight. Miss Carolyn was my Sunday school teacher when I was nine, uh, taught me the books of the Bible, and uh, she's in the hospital tonight. I'm going to be having open heart surgery this week. If you would, remember Miss Carolyn Townsend as we pray together. Father, thank you tonight, Lord, for your word and how we can find what we need. And Lord, I'm so thankful to open up the pages of this book 
And Lord, how it speaks to us afresh and anew. And Lord, thank you for preserving it for us. Thank you that we can own a copy, some of us many copies of your word. And Lord, we can be sustained by it. Uh, Lord, through the seasons of life. And I pray that you'd help us tonight through that. Lord, be with Miss Carolyn in the hospital. Many of our folks in the hospital tonight. uh, Many gotten out. Thank you for that. Be with them as they convalesce at home. And be with us tonight, Lord, as we preach, that we receive your word, that be pleasing to you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. I was thinking uh, this afternoon as a kid, uh, I don't remember paying much attention to the weather. Uh, you know, my mom and dad, they'd watch the weather, and that was for old people, right? Uh, you know, I'm not going to watch the extended forecast. I didn't care. Uh, I'd get out and play in the sun. I'd get out and play in the rain. It didn't matter. I was a country boy as a kid. I didn't mind, uh, didn't mind whether it was hot or cold. I was just going to enjoy myself. Uh, but just to be honest with you tonight, uh, even though I didn't pay much attention to it, I, I do remember when it was hot, when it was cooler, and I honestly don't remember a season as hot as the one we're having right now. Now, I haven't spoken to some of you folks who are a little bit older than me, but uh, just about everybody that I talk to seems to express that we've been going through a hot season, a kind of a, a season of drought. Uh, I don't think you have to look any further than our grass. Uh, my goodness. I mean, you walk out there in the yard, it's crunchy, right? Uh, the other day, Brother Michael called me and he says, hey, I, I got a, an hour or so left before I go home for the day. Uh, is there anything that needs done around the church? And boy, I appreciate folks asking that. Uh, anything needs done here on property? I said, look, uh, I know this sounds weird. I said, but would you water our grass? I said, the grass out there at the church, it's dying, it's kind of brown, and I don't know what happens when it dies for good. I don't know if it goes away or we're going to have to lay sod, but I mean, the grass is dying. It just looks dry out there, doesn't it? Oh, my soul, do not flick a match. Do not start a fire. Uh, I'm afraid we may, may look like that island over there in Hawaii. We'll just get burned up. It's so dry out there, and our ACs are struggling. Uh, boy, bless Brother Lenny. I mean, his phone rings off the hook. Uh, half of it's from the church. I think he's unblocked our calls uh, from the church. Uh, hello, you know, this number's been disconnected. Uh, call him at my house. Other folks calling. And uh, the air conditioners just struggle. Our car air conditioners are struggling. House, church air conditioners are struggling. It's just a hot season that we're in. You know, normally our grass, we don't have to water it, do we? Uh, normally we have to cut it. Uh, I mean, we don't have to get out there and and water it, put sprinklers on that. Things that normally maintain themselves, uh, we're having to help out a little bit. We're having to nurture along. And you know it's bad when even the poison ivy begins to shrivel up. Uh, That's one of the few good things that's coming out of this. I went to my back porch the other day, and good night. Those weeds, they just come out of nowhere. I whack them off, and they come back, and whack them off, and they come back. And I looked at this little old poison ivy vine that's been trying to poke its head up through the cracks of my back porch, and uh, that red leaf's turning brown. I'm like, (laughs) you know, getting a taste of your own medicine, getting tormented out there by the heat. But you know it's bad when the poison ivy begins to... uh, uh, to shrivel up, but no doubt tonight we are in a dry season. And uh, I look, I, I don't keep up with the weather, I just go with the flow. Normally, you know, whatever happens, happens. But I'll be honest with you, it's been dry for a while, hasn't it? The grass is dying, air conditioner is struggling, weeds are drying up, and boy, you just, the, the pine straw, the wind blew today, and while I was going down the road, the pine straw just covered our car. If you need any good pine straw, my yard is full of it right now. Uh, it's easy to rake, and it's that big, long pine straw to fill up your flower beds. It's just dry out there. And I've heard a lot of people ask this question, I wonder how long this dry spell is going to last. 
I wonder how long this dry season is, is going to be here. And I'll be honest, I've even gone and looked at the 10-day forecast, and I joke about it, but I'm serious. It is sad when you get excited about 95. It's sad. I look next week, and there's not a 100 on there so far. Thank the Lord so far. There's no, I'm getting excited about the 90s. Oh, there's something wrong with us. We've been in too much heat. Our, our mind, we're getting delirious. But I've been checking on it. How long is this season going to last? How long are we going to go through this dry spell? And said things like, boy, if we don't get some rain quick, uh, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, the grass is going to blow away. And I was thinking about that this week and thinking about how often and sometimes we go through spiritual dry seasons. I think we could all relate to that. As a matter of fact, I looked up in Scripture all the times uh, where dryness and drought, those seasons come and go, and uh, I'll be honest with you, I think all of us could attest to that. Uh, You think about it, watch, all this heat has caused the dryness and the drought. Uh, How many times have we been in the heat of battle? You've been in the heat of a spiritual battle, and that heat or that battle go on so long, you go through a spiritual dry spell. Uh, maybe in your spiritual life, you, you go through a spiritual time, the heat of testing. Uh, there's times in our life where maybe you're, you're not being tempted in a sin, but maybe uh, you're going through a season of testing, and that heat of that testing dries you out spiritually, and you feel like you're going through a drought. Uh, I know folks who are praying about jobs and praying about decisions you know, for their families and homes. And boy, you go through that season of uncertainty. Does God want me to work here? And do I change jobs and go here? And you have a season of uncertainty, and the heat of that will dry you out, won't it? Won't it? You'll just go through that dry spir- uh, period. You'll go through that dry spell in your life. Here's the good news tonight. God's Word has some encouragement for us right here in Jeremiah chapter number 17 that will help deliver us from the droughts that we are in. Now, when you look at Jeremiah 17, uh, you look down to verse 5, you see a contrast, compare and contrast with verse 7. The Bible says, thus saith the Lord, verse 5, cursed be the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm and whose heart departeth from the Lord. All right, so he's saying you don't want to do that. When it begins with a curse, hey, I think we can all have enough spiritual understanding to know we don't want to do that, right? So when it starts with cursed, don't do whatever he says next. Write that down, all right? Verse 7 begins with blessed, all right? Now, I think we have enough understanding to know that whatever he's about to say is something we want to do. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Now, here's what's amazing. As we go on to read down in verse 8, watch what it says in the middle of the verse. The Bible says, and shall not see when heat cometh. And shall not see when heat cometh. Now, listen to me. When God says shall, he means it. When God says shall not, he means it, all right? That's a guarantee from Almighty God. Now, obviously, he's not talking about grass and water. He's talking about these times of spiritual testing. He's talking about these seasonal dry spells in the Christian life. And what he does in verse number 7, verse 8, is he gives us certainty for our seasons. That's what I'm going to preach on tonight. Uh, I know I have two points. I may have three, okay? Uh, it just depends on how the Lord leads. Sometimes you feel confident about third one. Sometimes you don't, and I'm not sure. But I know we're going to go with two tonight on some certainty for our seasons. Just like we go through these heat spells in our, in our environment, I believe we go through them spiritually as well. Now, here's the good news. How many times do we take out our phone? I, I don't know if we watch the news anymore. And we take out our phones and we check the weather. 
You want to see, boy, I hope the weatherman's got something good for me today. All right, number one, you do know it's not the weatherman, right? Uh, he's not the one that's giving us the weather. You know, we get mad at the weatherman like we get mad at the preacher sometimes. You know, it's not really the weatherman or the preacher, right? And we look on there, boy, I hope WDAM, I've got that guy on my phone. I hope, man, I hope he's got something good on there today. Well, sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. And sometimes that he does, he's not right. <laughs> and sometimes that he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not right. Here's the good news. God's word has a spiritual forecast for us. Here's what's amazing. This was written over 2,500 years ago. And yet it still works today. Why? Because it's the very word of God. So tonight, let's look at a couple of things right quick on some certainty for our seasons, okay? You're going to go through these spiritual hot, dry, drought seasons, and we need to know how to deal with them from the word of God, all right? Let's start in verse 7. The Bible says, blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Now, I love the first word of verse 7, blessed, because uh, I'm always looking for blessings, aren't you? So anytime it says blessed, you need to figure out what he is about to bless. Blessed is the outcome, and he's about to share the prescription. Now, notice where the certainty begins. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. So watch this. The certainty he's giving them leads to what at the end of verse 7? It leads to hope. That's what we want, isn't it? When we go through these dry seasons and these spiritual droughts, and we go through these spiritual dry spells, what we're looking for is hope. Just something to hang our spiritual hat on. We're looking to hope. Now, watch right at the beginning. He shows you how to get there. He says, blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. Now, right there at the beginning, he's telling them that their certainty begins with who they're trusting in. This is important, all right? If you are going to get through these spiritual dry spells where verse 8 says that you're not going to see when the heat cometh. You mean you're not going to wither when those dry spells and those heat spells come. You need to settle something first. What do you need to settle first? Number one, you need to settle who you're trusting in. Number one, certainty comes from being settled. He says right here in verse 8, watch. He says in verse 8 that you can have certainty when the heat comes, but that comes in verse 8 after you do what verse 7 says. What does verse 7 say? The Bible says, blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Can I tell you, I love verse 8. I love the promises. I didn't count them up, but there's a lot of shalls in verse number 8. Where God says, guaranteed for, he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh. I love those promises, but we've got to understand where they're coming from. You understand that the promises in verse number 8 comes from being settled in who you're trusting in in verse number 7. All right? If you haven't settled who you're trusting in, you will wither in the heat of a spiritual drought. You've got to settle that in verse 7. Now, folks, listen to me. You can't claim the promises of verse 8 of all that God wants to do until you make up your mind that you're trusting in him all the way through. Now, this is important. I want you to notice the wording in verse 7. The Bible says, blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. All right? That last part is crucial. 
It is crucial. If you are going to survive when the heat comes and not wither when the heat comes, that last part is crucial to it. Because when the Bible says whose hope the Lord is, it means total dependence. Total dependence. That before the heat comes and before that spiritual drought comes, I've already made up my mind 100% my hope is in the Lord. All right? That's the only way you'll survive the heat. You will not get through the drought. You will not get through the dry spell until you have decided that I am trusting in the Lord and all my hope is in Him. I'm spiritually depending upon Him. And if God doesn't act, guess what? Well, then I'm not going to make it. Remember that time that God failed you? Me either. Me either. I've never put my hope in the Lord and he let me down. I've never trusted God and he let me falter and he let me fail. Can I tell you something tonight? The certainty that we want in that heat and in that dry spell, do you know where it comes from? It comes from being settled in who you're trusting in. Now, folks, when God is your hope, it means you've already yielded the outcome to him before you ever get there. What it means for you to trust in God and your hope to be in God, it means, God, I'm depending upon you before I ever know what the outcome is. That's when the Lord is your hope. Now, folks, this is not a something you can part out and say, well, I'm going to put a part of my hope with God and part of my hope with the doctors. That's not how it works. 1 Peter 5, 7, the Bible says, casting all your care upon him. God, I'm giving it all to you. God, I'm bringing it all to you. And God, I don't know how long the drought is going to be. I don't know how hot the heat is going to be. But God, I'm trusting you. I'm depending upon you. And God, if you fail, I fail. But watch this, God's not going to fail. That's why our hope is in the Lord. It's got to be in him the entire time. Now, if we want to have certainty for our seasons, it begins with settling in who you're trusting. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we quote it a lot. We tell our kids a lot. There's important two words I want you to hear in there. Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. My hope is in the Lord. We've been with a lot of people lately in the hospital who are having procedures. Some of them serious. Some of them more serious than others. And boy, I'm thankful for good doctors, aren't you? I really am. I'm thankful God gives us that knowledge and God calls people into that. I, I mean, look, I am squeamish. Uh, there's no way I could do that. I'm thankful God calls good doctors into that. They can cut on people. Oh, my soul, I couldn't do that. I mean, I'd pass out. You know, it just wouldn't work out for me because I'd faint. I mean, I, I see blood, boop, I am gone. I'm thankful for the help they give. But can I tell you something? Our trust has got to be all in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. What does it mean? It means exactly what the end of verse 7 says. Whose hope the Lord is. I can worry like the next person. I can fret like the next person. As a matter of fact, years ago, I was worried about something, a decision I was having to make, and I didn't know what to do. And someone came up to me and they says, look, when you don't know what to do, just push. I said, come again. You know, we'll just go push somebody. Do you feel better? Is that what happens? You know, when, when I'm worried about something, poof, just go push somebody. No, that'll probably make things worse, okay? They said, when you don't know what to do, just push. I says, what in the world are you talking about? They said, P-U-S-H, pray until something happens. I'm like, all right, I, I get that one. 
I said, well, I've been praying and I've been asking God for, for wisdom on what I need to do in the direction of my home and my family, my ministry and all that. And then they said this. I'm not kidding. They said, well, first you push and then you frog. And I'm thinking, what kind of a neo-evangelical thing you've been reading, man? Push and frog. Can you imagine me telling somebody that at the hospital? They're about to go into surgery. Hey, don't forget, just push and frog. They would wake up from the anesthesia. Was my pastor in here? Did he really just tell me to push and frog? Yes. They said frog, F-R-O-G. It stands for fully rely on God. Pray until something happens. Learn to fully rely on God. Can I tell you how to make it through the spiritual droughts? Can I tell you how to make it through the spot in verse number 8 where the Bible says, when the heat cometh. You notice it didn't say the heat wouldn't come. But the Bible says you could survive the heat. Why? Because you have certainty from being settled in who you're trusting in. There's a song Leslie and Miley and I listen to going down the road. It talks about David preparing to face Goliath. And it kind of helps you conjure the image of what that was like for that young lad to stand there in the shadow of that giant. Number one, it would be extremely tempting to be frightened, would it not? It would be extremely tempting for you to for your knees to knock and to be afraid, but we don't see that from David. We don't see David wondering and worrying. We see David running toward the giant. Do you know why he was able to do that? His hope was the Lord. His hope was the Lord. His hope was God. And he says, God, it's all you. Can I tell you what a wonderfully liberating place it is? That as a child of God, you get to the place to where your hope is the Lord. Where God, if it's going to happen, you've got to do it. By the way, if your hope is in the God that I serve tonight, he'll get it done. He can get it done. Without him, we can do nothing. He can get it done. 1 Peter 5, 6. I want you to notice something. The Bible says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Now, this, this is wonderful right here. Um, we often quote 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your care upon him. But do you ever go back and read 6 first? 6 is important to understand 7. So what do you mean? Well, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. That's verse 7. What does verse 6 say? Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due season. Watch this. Verse 6 is the humility that comes before the dependence in verse 7. Now watch this, if we want God to be our hope to get us through the dry seasons when what comes, verse 8, when the heat cometh, there's first got to be the humility. What is humility? Well, there's a lot of definitions for that. Can I just give you mine tonight? Humility is the exhaustion of self. Humility is the exhaustion of self. Where I have tried everything that I know to do to get myself through the drought and get myself through the heat. And God, I have exhausted myself and I can't do it. And then God says, good, now cast your care upon me. That's what it's all about. Folks, can I tell you, we're going to go through these seasons. We're going to go through these spiritual droughts. Sometimes the best thing that can happen is that we get spiritually exhausted where we have humbled ourselves before God and now we're like, God, I can't do this. He says, good, cast your care upon me now. Make me your hope. I fear tonight a lot of us are wearing ourselves out fighting a battle that God wants to fight for us. 
when he says, cast your care upon me, our problem is we're not exhausted enough yet. Now, here's what folks say, I, I wish I had that kind of hope. I wish verse 7, the end of it, was that good for me, that my hope, the Lord, is. Well, I want you just to notice something. Just look down at verse 7. I want you to see something. Notice the hope in verse 7 came after the trust in verse 7. The trust comes before the hope. Let me give you a thought tonight to chew on as you drive home. You can wish that God is your hope if you want to, but it'll never happen if you don't trust him to be that. You can wish and you can pray that God is your hope, but if you won't trust him to be that, then I hate to tell you, you're going to come up empty-handed. We want God to be our hope. We want God to be our strength, and we want God to be the one who's there to give grace. The problem is we won't trust him to be that. He wants to be our hope. He wants to carry our burdens. How many times do you have people walk up and tell you, hey, tell me what's wrong in your life. Tell me about your problems. You know that penny for your thoughts thing? No. Inflation, it's a $100 bill right now. $100 bill for your troubles. Why? Because everybody's got them, right? I mean, there's not many people who are asking you to cast your care upon them. And yet God is. And God says, when you trust me, then I will be your hope. But then we want hope, but we don't want to trust, do we? I think about how much stress we have in our country. I was reading statistics on it this week about how many Americans are under a strain and under a stress. I think we all are to some extent. Can I tell you tonight, many times that I'm stressing and struggling, it's because I'm trying to understand what God already knows. He doesn't call me to understand it. When is the drought going to be over? I have no idea. He knows, though, and I'm hoping in him. You see, folks, we're stressing and struggling about what God says we should be trusting him for. Now, I know that's hard. We live in a flesh body that wants to doubt, doesn't it? It wants to fear. It wants to worry. We live in a flesh body that's prone to wonder. I told my class this morning, I mean, that could be my theme song. Oh, how we know that this flesh is so easily drawn away by difficulty and adversity in our life. And we, when the heat cometh, we want to run. But wait a minute. What does God want us to do? Let me show it to you, all right? You got time? Y'all got time? It's only 5.53. I mean, I usually go a little late. If you would, turn with me to Psalms 121. You know, you know this well. Uh, there's a song. Uh, written about this, but uh, I want you to walk through this with me tonight. Why? I'm, I'm trying to give you some certainty. I, I want to strengthen you tonight, but you got to be settled on who you're trusting in. Psalms 121, watch this. The Bible says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Stop right there. Notice there was an understanding help wasn't coming from their self. I'm going to have to look elsewhere. Why? Because I have been humbled by my circumstances. Verse 2, my help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. Can I tell you, I love what the Bible says, the Lord is thy shade. Oh, we go through these hot times. The sun's bearing down on us. Aren't you glad? God can be our shade. Keep reading. The Bible says, the sun shall not smite thee. The heat, the dry spell, it shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. 
The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. What is he saying? You need to settle that that's who's working on your behalf. You'd have so much more certainty in your life if you had nailed down, I'm trusting him. My hope is him. There's a difference tonight when you realize my hope is God. That's it. It's all on him. I'm trusting him. My cares are on him. I don't know how long the dry spell is going to go, but I know he does, and he can handle it. I've, I've prayed with business owners this year. Many, several folks have small business. Some have larger businesses and praying about business, you know. Uh, all the things in our economy, you know, things slow down and economics slow down. And boy, I'll tell you, as an American, you want to help as best you can, right? You want to help out your neighbor, but you know what? I, I can't build a business. I don't know how it is, you know, to go in and, and make things go better for folks in business. And all of a sudden, the weight's off of my shoulders. Why? Because I, I know someone who can. And I know someone who does. And I can trust him. Why? Because he is our hope. I love it, Psalms 112, verse 7, he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Number one tonight, how do we find some certainty for our seasons? Well, certainty comes from being settled. Tonight, number one, you need to settle who you're trusting in. Settle who you're trusting in. But then watch this, and we'll hurry. The Bible says in verse 8, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and it spreadeth out her roots by the river, Shall not see when the heat cometh. So this is amazing. Watch. It starts with trust, ends with hope. And then we begin seeing the seedlings of certainty spring up in verse 8. Watch what God guarantees. Watch what our hope begins to reveal in our life. I mean, he gets deeper into it. Once we get the trust and hope down pat, we see what we can expect in verse number 8. He says, the tree that's planted, it'll spread its roots by the river. And not see it when the heat cometh. Do you know what that is? That is God sustaining his people. God says, I will sustain you. When what? When the heat cometh. Number two tonight. If you want certainty for your seasons, certainty comes from being sustained. Certainty comes from being sustained. Now this is easy stuff, folks. This is low-hanging fruit. But you need to get this tonight. The certainty that we have is rooted in nothing less than the faithfulness of God. That's where our certainty comes from. The faithfulness of God. He says, I will be faithful, watch this, even when the rain is not. You think about how often we use the term fair weather Christian. Fair weather Christian, what was a fair weather Christian? It's one whose faith rises and falls with the different seasons of life. I'll tell you tonight. There's no need for our faith to be like a heart monitor up and down based on the season, based on the temperature. No, we shouldn't be fair weather Christians. Why? Because regardless of what the weather does, God is faithful. God is faithful. What did he say? Watch, I will be faithful to you when the heat cometh. I mean, look, the rain hasn't been real faithful lately, has it? My goodness gracious. When I got to the car this morning, there was water on my car. I don't know if anybody else saw that. There was water on my car, maybe had a little bit of rain last night. I'm sure the, the grass was like, yes, finally, the rain has been hit or miss. Do you know, watch this, if your faith is based off the weather, your faith is going to be hit or miss. Hit or miss. We might as well put a percentage by your faith like the weatherman does. 
I think they just play games with that. I really do. I think they have one of those spinner things. All right, Monday, 50. All right, 50. You know, we have no idea what it's going to be. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But watch this. How do we have certainty when the heat cometh? Well, certainty comes from being sustained. God is faithful. Now, I, I want you to think about a verse tonight. I'll read it for you, but I want you to think about it, and you can read it when you get home. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Oftentimes, we use this verse dealing with temptation, and obviously the context is temptation. But listen to it, if you would. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. All right, so we know this verse, and oftentimes we use this verse. I use it a lot with young people. Boy, you're going to be tempted for this and tempted with peer pressure, and use that verse to say, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. But here's something beautiful. You ought to look up the word temptation in that verse and see all of what it means. It's not just temptation. We're thinking, well, I'm being tempted to not be faithful, and I'm being tempted to be unfaithful, whatever it is. No, no, that word also means a trying season. Watch this. There hath no temptation or trial or trying season. I love this. Why? Because it tells you at the very end why we make it through. Watch. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. You know what God is saying? God says, I'll sustain you. No matter what the temptation, no matter what the trial, I'll sustain you. I'll sustain you. Why? At the very middle of that verse, the Bible says, but God is faithful. God is faithful. At some point, we have to believe that the one that we've trusted in is faithful. And he is. Folks, can I tell you, when you look out into the drought of a spiritual dry spell, and you're wondering how long that dry spell is going to be, and you say, I can't see past the heat that's come. You know what you need to do? Stop and look at your past at the faithfulness of God. That he did not let you wither. He did not leave you alone. He did not let you faint. God was faithful. And the faithfulness of God in the past gives us faith to look forward to his faithfulness in the future. Why? God will sustain us. He tells us that. Psalms 55, 22, the Bible says, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. I love how this works together. Cast thy burden upon the Lord. You know what he's saying? Trust him with it. Trust him with it. And after we trust him, what do we find? The second part of that verse. He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. There's a statue in Sri Lanka. I've never been there, but I've read about it. And it's a statue called the Sleeping Buddha. Uh, I think it's over 50 feet long. It's a giant statue of Buddha, which is their god, obviously, there. And it's a statue of Buddha reclining, and he is sleeping. I thought about that as I'm preparing the message of how, what little confidence I would have in Buddha if he's sleeping. You know, you're out there on the road and trying to get where you need to go in Sri Lanka, and you run off into a ditch, and you look up, and there's sleeping Buddha up there. Like, well, you can't help me now. You're napping on the job. You understand, we read it in Psalms 21. The Bible says the Lord does not slumber. The Lord's never asleep on the job. There's never a time that God doesn't know what's going on. God's very well aware of the dry season. He's very well aware of the heat when it cometh. And can I tell you something? You can trust him. You can trust him. 
Miss Carolyn Townsend going into open heart surgery this week. What, 95% blockage? 95% blockage. Well, if a doctor came in the room and told me that, can I tell you something? I think my neck would probably get hot all of a sudden, and my heart would begin to race, fearing the possibilities there. I'm thankful for those doctors. There's some good doctors up at Forest General Hospital, but I'm more thankful for the great physician who sits on the throne of heaven. And when they go into surgery this week, God is their hope. God is their hope. And watch this, God will sustain Folks, tonight I believe we could make it through verse number 8 when that heat cometh if we just settled who we're trusting in in verse number 7. I was thinking this afternoon about Moses and when they came through the Red Sea or when they came out of Egypt. Thinking about how God took the time to tell them, remember, remember this day. Don't forget Don't forget how faithful God was to you. Remember you were in Egypt. Remember you were a captive and you were a slave. Remember how God brought you out of that. How often do we forget the faithfulness of God and how he sustained us in our past, which causes us to doubt his faithfulness in our future? He said, Moses, I'll read it for you, Exodus 13, 3. Remember this day in which he came out from Egypt. Out of the house of bondage, for by strength of hand, the Lord brought you out from this place. I remember right after we got married, Hurricane Katrina was coming in. And um, boy, that was an exciting first few weeks of our marriage without power. You want to look, we just like get to know each other, really get to know each other. You know, no air conditioning, having to wash clothes in a sink, you know, having to, we slept in the food bank there at my dad's church. I mean, I thought, boy, you know, if these shelves fall, we're going to be the first people to ever die by green beans. I mean, there were cans of green beans all in there and we're sleeping there. And yea, though I walked through the valley of the shadow of the green beans, that's what it felt like. They were everywhere and, and we hadn't been married too terribly long. And man, I tell you, all the damage, all the destruction, we had, we were without power for about three weeks and I remember going to some of the old timers' house, checking in on them, Dad. I was driving a group of men around, cutting trees off of houses and all that. And there were a lot of old timers there. And uh, I mean, little old houses, little old wood frame houses that looks like you could huff and puff and blow them away. And yet, they just rode it out in their house. And I'm like, you weren't scared? They would tell you something along the line of, no, you know, country folk here in Mississippi. No, I was here for Camille. I wasn't afraid of Katrina. I was here for Camille. You see, they had a confidence and a certainty. Now, look, I'm not saying that's the safest thing to do, okay? I'm not endorsing it. All right, the next hurricane comes through. Everybody just stays in their house. And, man, they had 35 people in Central Baptist Church die because their pastor told them not to go to shelter. No, not saying that, okay? I am not endorsing it, all right? But, man, they had certainty about the present because they remember God sustained them in the past. And folks, if you will look back in your life, I'm sure you're going to find times that the heat came, did it not? Times where, man, it got hot. You're in the heat of spiritual battle. You're in the heat of uncertainty. You're in the heat of difficulty and adversity in your life. And you thought, I'm never going to make it through the heat of this battle. And yet, here we are. Why? Because God is faithful. And God will bring us through. So tonight, what does God want us to have when we go through these spiritual dry spells? Boy, we're praying for rain, but oh, can I tell you something tonight? I think more than rain, we need certainty as the people of God for any season. Whether it's beautiful weather outside or bad weather outside, 
whether good economic times, bad economic times, good times in your home, bad times in your home. I think God wants his children, I know God wants his children to have certainty. How do we have that certainty? It's very, very simple. Verse 7 shows you certainty comes from being settled. Tonight, why don't you settle who you're trusting in? Settle whose hope that you've rested in tonight. And then once you've settled that, go back to verse number 8 and realize certainty comes from being sustained. God is faithful. God's never let us down. I want you to go home tonight and sit there in your recliner, catch up on Wheel of Fortune, whatever it is you're going to go watch. And I want you to try to think back to the time that God failed you. Call me when you remember it. I will not wait by the phone. Why? Because you're not going to find it. But God is faithful, who will not suffer us to be tempted, tried, tested. More than we're able, what he's going to do? He's going to provide a way of escape. God says, I'm not going to leave you in that hot season longer than you need to be. But in the meantime, while you're in that hot season, hey, get humbled. Come to the end of yourself. Exalt yourself. That way you can cast all your care upon me. I'm thankful tonight that I serve a God who gives me certainty for any season. And by the grace of God, we trust them. And oh, what a testimony to those who need a God like ours. Amen. Let's have our heads bowed and eyes closed. <clears throat> heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's go ahead and stand.